really, really excited about this morning and having uh, Jared come and share uh, uh, because uh, I know that the word God's put on his heart and it's going to word that's going to challenge you and it's going to word I think is going to change you. And uh, so Jared, come on up and uh, just share what's on your heart. And I know it's going to be amazing. Amen. Hello, Core Church. I am so honored to be given the chance to preach this morning. I am always honored to be able to come up here. And I know the Lord has just given me a sermon that will really reach all of our hearts and increase us and bring us up in love. So let me pray for you. Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts. I pray that you would open up our minds just to receive your word this morning and bring it in with us, that we can just rely on you this morning and hear what you have to say through what you've given me to say. In your holy name, amen. I was thinking this past couple of weeks on the topic of grace. What is grace and how do we bring it in to our daily lives? It's something that we all heard of. I have one of my favorite hymns. It's, it's a popular one, but it's still my favorite. It's just Amazing Grace. And I love that first verse. It says, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Now I see, I see the, the amazing grace that my God has given me, the amazing love that he's poured out to me. And we access that grace by having faith in Jesus. We have our faith in Jesus, and through that faith, grace comes. But I wonder, do we remember to bring that with us in our daily lives as we walk through each day? Sometimes it's all too easy to think that grace was that moment when we first got saved. It was the moment when we first came to our Lord, when we came to Jesus. And in that moment, grace was poured out to us. But then we can almost leave it aside as we go on. It was that moment of time. I was looking up. What do you think grace would be defined as? If you were to ask someone who was not in church, what would they say grace is? And there was a couple of different options. There was favor, an act of favor an act of goodwill, or just an act of kindness. And it was all seemingly around this one moment. The grace was just a singular thing that was given out for that moment and for that time. And it's easy, even as Christians, for that to seep into our lives, that grace is that Jesus jumpstart. It's that moment in time when we give our lives to Jesus, and that grace is for that moment, but it's so much more. It's something that we bring into our lives. It's something that we bring into each day. It's something that we walk into each day. It's not just a favor or an act of kindness in a singular moment in time. It is something that is continuously flowing, continuously moving, and that we are continuously learning about each and every day. Because when we think it's just an active moment, it's so easy to get into the mindset that we have our grace, that we received the grace, but now I can live my life right. I couldn't live my life right before, but I received the grace, and now I can be good. Now I can do everything that I think a good person should do, that a moral person should do, and that now I can live on my own. And we see in the book of Galatians, Paul dealing with this, with this Galatians church. For they actually reached that same point. They had been saved by grace, but now because of persecution, because of things that were happening, because they wanted to please, 
the Jews that were coming to them and saying, hey, if you live by this, you'll be a good person, you'll be a moral person. And so they were trying to finish what they started in grace by being good enough. And he says this in Galatians chapter 3. He says, after beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? You started in an absolute broken heart for God, and now you're trying to finish because your life is now good. Now your life is good enough. Now you can be as good as you always wanted to be. But that's not how we walk in grace. That's not how we walk in Jesus. And it's easy to say for all of us, for me especially, for everyone to say that now I have it all together. Now I'm saved. Now my life is right. Now I can walk in Jesus and now I can please him by being good enough just like I always wanted. But trying to fulfill the law, because that's what the Galatians were trying to do. They were trying to fulfill the law and the law is holy and everything in it is holy. But its holiness points us to the fact that we are not. That even after we get saved, even after we come to know the Lord, we are never good enough or righteous enough or holy enough. We just have to look to Jesus and say, you know what? I need you. You're holy enough. You're good enough. You're righteous enough. And without you, without the grace that is accessed by faith in your son, we have nothing. For the Bible says that without faith, It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We seek him every day because we cannot live it on our own, because we cannot live it in our own power, because as holy as he is and as holy as the law is, we are not holy. And so we must seek him we must earnestly draw to him every day not just the moment we got saved but in every day and in every walk and when each of us myself especially fall into the trap that the galatians did and try to live up i think we've all reached at some point in our lives and we try to be good enough i find there's three main things that happen and these are actually really good barometers for our lives that we can say, how are we doing in our, in our walk of grace? Because the first thing that happens when you try to step away from grace, when you try to live on your own power, when you try to be good enough, is one, you find it harder and harder to forgive others. Wrongs that are done to you, hurts that are done to you, will remain for a longer and longer period of time. Because forgiveness, true forgiveness, comes in understanding how much he forgave us. And when we try to step away from how much he forgave us to being now I can be good enough, if we're going to try to be good enough, we're going to try to judge others by if they're good enough. And the forgiveness that is in God begins to fade. Two is you'll find yourself spending less and less time in the word of God. Because as as harsh as it is, if we're trying to be good enough in our own power, we don't really need to seek God, do we? Because we already have it all together. Why would we need to do that? And so we find ourselves drawing away from the word the more we draw away from grace. And third, and this is the most important one, is our love will grow cold. We'll become more and more cynical. We'll find it harder and harder to love people, to reach out for people. For the people that we don't know that we're supposed to love, we'll find it more and more difficult to find love for them because that all has to start from the love that God has given us. 
And it is only in understanding that love that we can then give it out to them. We understand how broken we are and how much we need our God. And then we say, well, I can love them because I know how much God loved me. And in Revelation, we see Jesus speaking to the church at Ephesus. And he says to them, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. You have persevered and endured hardships for my name, and yet have not grown weary. So they're doing everything right, right? They're, they're, they're walking in the word. They're doing everything right. They're doing everything perfect. And yet he says, I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place. They were saying, hey, I'm doing everything right. I'm doing everything that God has asked me to do. I am perfect. I am living as I should be. And yet they forgot the love. You started when you were saved in that earnest love for Jesus. And that is how you have to continue. And they had forgotten that love and as they forgot the love, their heart grew cold. The Bible says that if I give all I possess to the poor, everything that you own and you give it to the poor, if, even if you give your own body up that you can boast, but yet you do not have love, you gain nothing. It's meaningless. It's useless. And that love is only born out of an understanding of the grace that God has given you the forgiveness that he has given you because without an understanding of that grace you cannot then send that love to others because here is the key no matter how much wrong they've done you no matter how much hurt they've given you we are the same as them for all have sins and fallen short of the glory of God all need Jesus and all are broken hearted whether they know it or not and just need the Lord we need Jesus, and they do, and so we say, you know what? They're broken, but so am I. So I can love them because God loved me. And when we find it hard to love others, I think it's just a misunderstanding of we do the same things. We're hurting just as they're hurting. We're broken just as they're hurting. We hurt others as they hurt others, and we need the forgiveness, and so we can give it to them. When we see Paul walking through his, his life. Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He had the adoration of the people. People loved him as he walked. The synagogue thought he was just amazing. He says in the law he was perfect. He likely even had the first five books of the Bible completely memorized. And yet, as we see his transformation in grace as he came to know the Lord, he says this about all that he had. As great as everyone says that he was, as all the things he did, he says, whatever gains, in Philippians 3, he says, whatever gains were to me, I consider loss for the sake of Christ. He says, I consider them garbage. All the praise, how everyone said he was good, he was living flawlessly in the all, he says, they're worthless. That I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, trying to live my own way that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ and grace is through faith. We have faith in Jesus and the grace pours out to us. He goes on to say that I am just the least 
of the apostles. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and yet we see this humbling says, no, I am the least. I am the most broken. I am the most in need of Jesus. And just as I said that a backing away of grace results in a reduction of love, so a pressing into grace results in what I think is one of the greatest, most profound acts of love we see from a brother or sister in Christ. He says, for I wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race for the people of Israel. Our salvation in Christ is everything. And could we imagine ever saying that even for our own family? Maybe for our friends it would be even more difficult. But Paul was saying this. He says, for if I could, you cannot, for each person's salvation is through their own. But it's a great love that says, I would give everything for them, that they would all come to know Jesus. These were the same people that were persecuting him. They were not family or friends. They were beating him, persecuting him, hunting him down, and trying to murder him. Any offense that one could give another, they had given him. And yet, his love for them was so great that he said, I would lay it all down if they could just come to know the Lord as I do. Because love cannot exist without a knowledge of grace. And as our grace decreases, so does our love. But as our grace in what God has done for us increases, as it did for Paul, so does our love for others. To the point where you read that and you say, it's a heart check. Can I even say that about my own family? Let alone someone that's hurt me and wronged me. And I ask God, can you just smite him just right there? David was the king of Israel. He had everything. And yet when he sinned, he committed adultery and then murder. And he was confronted by the prophet Nathan. We get one of the most beautiful psalms. I, I love this about David, that his answer to everything is just worshiping God with a psalm. We see so much of his life, not in the chronological that was written about him and in 2 Kings where you see people writing about the king. We see it in Psalms when he says, I just, I just need you. And this is the psalm he wrote after he was at the lowest point in his life, after he had done the most wrong. He was the king and he had murdered and committed adultery for his own needs. And he has said, you know what? God, you do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O oh God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. For you see, the law is holy, and everything in it is holy. But as we are not holy, the first thing we must do is not try to do everything right when we mess up. We, we need to do everything good. I need to offer these sacrifices. I need to build this because I need to be good in order to make up for my wrong. No, we just need to have a broken heart to Jesus first. To first go to the Lord and say, I need you. And he says, then you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous. Then in burnt offerings offer whole. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. Because you have to start with just having that broken heart before God and then you seek him. And then the law is holy as it is. Then it starts to be fulfilled in you. But it has to start with that broken heart. If you try to do it your own way, without that, it, it doesn't do anything. And I find this to be a good grace check. I think back to when we first got saved. 
to when we first came to know the Lord and what we were like in his presence. And think, okay, from that point, I remember when I was on my bed as a young child just saying, God, I need you. From that point, do I feel like I need him now more than I did then? Do I feel more broken now than I did then? Because if so, then you've grown in grace. You've started to understand how much God needs you. You don't give your life to the Lord in grace and then say, well, now my life is perfect. You understand every day how much he gave you. You understand every day how much more he poured into you than you even understood. How much you need Jesus even more than you did then. And we think sometimes, you know what, I'm, I'm not good enough. Moses did. He was before the burning bush. He had seen that all God asked him to do. And he said, God, you know what, I stutter. I'm not good enough. I don't know how to speak. I've already tried it once. But they did, they, it, it did not work out. I don't, know how to, I don't know how to reach these people. And God says, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight? Who makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you to speak and will teach you what to say. Because we don't have to be good enough because we're supposed to have the Father to speak for us. We don't have to worry about living perfect if we're seeking Jesus in his perfection because he's supposed to be our perfection. He's our voice. He's our ears. When we love others, we don't think, now how do I look good so that they can like me? It's how do I speak what he says? Because I'm supposed to be saying his words. I'm not supposed to be saying mine. And then I don't have to worry about messing up or screwing it up because they were never my words to begin with. They're, they're his. Because God is good enough. God is perfect. And he has an understanding that surpasses everything. And we can reach that through our grace in his son. We just need to seek him. And we just need to love him. As we began in the grace of God, so we need to continue in the grace of God. Every day, walking it out. Every day, coming to the Lord. I wonder how many times have we just gotten up in the morning and said, not today is going to be a good day, for it always is. The day is the day that the Lord has made, but God, I just need you today. Today, I, I just need your grace. I just need to know you a bit more than I did yesterday. And to walk in that. So I'd like to pray for everyone this morning to receive that grace. And for everyone who is listening within the sound of my voice that has never had that grace before, it's actually really easy because it is through our faith in Jesus. Whether when we first get saved or always, the grace is born from our faith in his son. Faith is the access way that then grace is poured upon us, that then grace is poured into us. We have our faith in Jesus, and because we have the faith that says, you died for me, I don't have to be good enough. I can lay what I have in you at the cross, I can lay what I have at your feet. And then the grace through that faith is poured down upon us each and every day. So let me pray for you, Jesus. I pray that you would open our hearts this morning and pour your grace upon us this morning. 
for it is always there. Open our hearts to understand how much you've given us, how much grace you've given us and what you've done for us. And each and every day when we are all tempted to just say, you know what, today I'm going to be good enough, today I'm going to be perfect, and today I'm going to do everything that I need to do, to just pause and say, now wait, today I'm going to seek you. See, I'm going to remember what you've given me, and then I am not perfect and never will be, but you are. And for everyone who is listening, who says, you know what, I would want that grace, just pray this in your heart. It's very easy. Just say, Jesus, I need you. For it is our faith in Jesus and what he did on that cross that accesses the grace in our lives. Just pray, Jesus, I need you. And every day we just pray, Jesus, I need you again. I need you today. Just come into me. In your holy name, amen. Did you receive the word this morning?